What can a 100-year-old book about an ancient civilization teach us about how we should handle our money, grow our businesses, and in general, be successful in this modern age? Well, if it's The Richest Man in Babylon by George S. Klassen, then it can teach us a whole heck of a lot in a teeny little book. Today, I want to break down the three golden nuggets of one of my all-time favorite books and see how you can apply those nuggets to your life, your business, and your goals. Let's discuss. Welcome to episode 92 of The Graham Cochran Show, where I'm here to help you build your online business, work less, and live and give more. I'm your host, Graham Cochran. Pumped to hang out with you today. Got a great episode for you. I love doing book reviews. It's been a while since I've done a book review. And so I've been talking about some of my favorite books in recent episodes. And many of you have been asking me for book recommendations. And it just got me thinking I need to do more book reviews. I have a long list of books that have directly impacted my life that I apply regularly. And as you saw, if you watched my video on my annual planning retreat, when I get away to the beach to plan the year ahead, I always bring a stack of books to just review. These are books that I've read multiple times, but I refresh myself with a chapter or a certain nugget or a concept here or there to keep them fresh so I can reapply them in my life. And so it just reminded me how important and influential books are, and I want to continue to break them down for you here in this show. If you don't read books, you're missing out. I want you to become a reader, but in the meantime, I'm going to give you the best nuggets. I'm going to break down the three, and I do this with every book, the three golden nuggets that have really impacted me that I think you could take away and use today. So we'll break those down in one of my favorite books of all time, The Richest Man in Babylon, in one second. But if you're brand new to the channel, brand new to online business, or if you are a service-based business doing really well, but you need to transition into some online portion or some scalable portion, so you're not just trading your time for dollars, and so you're interested in online business, online courses, passive income, all that stuff, and you're wanting to know how does it all work together, you've got bits and pieces, but you haven't made money yet, I want to give you a resource that will really make it clear, and it is my Passive Income Workshop where you learn how to make your first $1,000 a month consistently a passive income in just 30 minutes a day. Uh, this is an incredible workshop. One of my students, Jamie, emailed me recently saying that he just made $60,000 off of my free workshop. He has not bought any of my products. He's not one of my paid students. He literally said, basically, man, I watched your passive income workshop about 10 times. I consume everything you say. I've literally done exactly what you said. And he just walks through bullet for bullet how he built his online business and did his first launch and made $60,000 using this free material, this free workshop. It's insane. Uh, I'm super proud of Jamie. It's an incredible story. Uh, the point is that the material that I share in this workshop is powerful if applied, and I want you to apply it. In this workshop, it's all action-packed. You're going to learn a lot of different things. A, you're going to learn the four pillars of passive income, what they are, how they work together, but you're going to discover starting out how to know if you have a profitable idea. So important to have an idea that actually will make money. Not every idea is a great idea, so it's going to walk you through a framework of how to know if your idea is going to be profitable or not, how the best 
and fastest way to get paying customers to your blog, to your website, to whatever you're doing. Because if without clients or customers, the traffic, how do you make money? It's going to walk you through that. If you're in a full-time job, it's going to walk you through how to transition slowly over time into this online space. Because I know you're busy. So it's again, it works in just 30 minutes a day. And I'm going to share with you the exact tools and software that I use to run a million-dollar business. And then the cheap and free tools you can use as well. So it is really low barrier of entry to get into business these days if you do a knowledge commerce, info product type business the way that I run, the way that I teach here on this channel. It's insane. So I'm going to walk you through exactly what to use. And then at the end, you'll see how to automate all of that. Not just make money with a business, but the beauty of all of this is that it's automated. So for example, I'm making money right now while I'm recording this for you. That's that's the sweet spot, making money while you're doing something else, especially giving away content for free. It feels good to know that I can make money while giving away free content. How does that all work? I show you all of that in my Passive Income Workshop. Again, it's 100% free. I want you to attend. It's a great thing to kick off your year. Just go to grahamcochran.com slash workshop. You can get that free workshop there. Or if you're watching on YouTube, you can just click the link below and you'll go right there, grahamcochran.com slash workshop. All right, so let's dive into the book review today. I'm going to share with you these three nuggets. I'm not going to go through the entire book, but just in case you're unaware, Richest Man in Babylon, it was published in 1926, okay? So about 100 years ago, which is insane. George S. Classen, and originally these were different pamphlets. They were some individual stories. He wrote a bunch of different parables. He decided to teach business and finance uh, to regular people and also you know salespeople and business people through a more fresh lens, through the lens of a parable, which if you're familiar with The Go-Giver by Bob Berg and John David Mann, one of my all-time favorite books that I've also reviewed here on the channel, uh, similar technique. Teach sales principles, teach business principles, teach principles of success, not just through a non-fiction lens, but through a fiction lens. Tell a story of you know fictionalized characters, watch those characters interact, learn the lessons from the characters. In a way, this is the way Jesus taught as well through his parables. So it's it's a great way to get a, a truth across. So in each of these stories within the book uh, is a truth about handling money. And so the great thing is even putting them all together, it's a tiny little book. You can read this tonight. Just get it, read it. Um, and so there's a lot of different principles in there. Just practical. If you're stuck with how to manage your money, it's a great personal finance book, but it's so much more than that. So I wanted to break down what I think are the, the three biggest nuggets that have a Affected my life, and that if you were to apply these nuggets today, would greatly impact your life for the better. So let's dive in. Nugget number one a part of all you earn is yours to keep. A part of all you earn is yours to keep. Now, this is a great exchange in uh, this chapter where this is first introduced, where the person hearing this advice says, Well, isn't all that I earn? mind to keep. And then as the story goes on, you realize, no, actually, when you earn money, who's the first person to take some of it? The government. You don't even get it before the government takes their their cut if you have a paycheck. It's literally called tax withholding. It's pulled out of your, it's withheld from your, your check. So you don't even see that money. You earned it, then the government takes their cut before it even comes to your bank account. So actually, 
they get first dibs on your paycheck. And then after that, you're paying your mortgage lender, you're paying your landlord, you're paying for the groceries, you're paying for gas in your car, you're paying your student loan bill, you're paying your car note, you're paying your credit card company, you're paying Netflix, you're paying Verizon or T-Mobile or wherever you get your cell phone service. Have you kept any of that money yet? No. It's come in and goes right back out. Now, is money going out and being spent on things a bad thing? No. We need money to pay the bills. The bills aren't a bad thing necessarily. Now, some bills can be, too many bills, obviously. But the advice here is that you should be keeping back a portion of everything you make. This is very basic. Most people don't do it. It's so funny when this advice is brought up, people make fun of it, but those are the same people who don't do it. Even people who make a good income. So the idea is that earning money, which is a lot of what I'm teaching you on this channel, is how to build a business, how to, to grow an income, how to build a passive income stream. That is so important. That's only the beginning of wealth building. That's the step one, money coming in. What we don't talk about enough is what do you do once you get that money? Real wealth building is then taking a portion of what comes in, setting it aside, and then investing that for growth, which is a whole nother conversation. So I'm not impressed if you make $100,000 a year. I'm impressed if you make $100,000 a year, but you save $20,000 a year and invest it. That's impressive. Because then I know you're going to be building wealth over time. If you make $200,000 a year, but you spend $200,000 a year, but I make $100,000 a year and I spend $80,000 a year, who's wealthier? I am. Because I'm actually growing net positive 20,000 a year where you are flat, you're zero, you're treading water. You need 200K every year to come in so that you can pay out 200K to all the other people that you're serving. You might have a nice lifestyle, so you might be enjoying yourself and that's fine. But what happens when your business crumbles? What happens when a pandemic happens and it affects your industry? What happens when you just don't want to do it anymore? What happens if you actually get sick and can't work anymore? I don't want to be negative or depressing, but nothing ever stays the same. So it's foolish to think that once you've made money in your business that you're set. I don't think you're set. I think you need to always have a mindset of a part of all that you earn is yours to keep and set it aside. And so the way to freedom according to the richest man of Babylon and many other smart people, is to save a portion of all you earn, no less than 10%, and put it to work by investing it. Here's what George Klassen says, quote, take whatever portion seems wise. You get to choose this. How much? Let it not be less than one-tenth, though. So at least 10% and lay it by. Arrange your other expenditures to do this if necessary. Change up your budget if you have to but lay that portion first. So when money comes in, set that 10% or more aside first. Soon you will realize what a rich feeling it is to own a treasure upon which you alone have claim. As it grows, it will stimulate you. A new joy of life will thrill you. Greater efforts will come to you to earn more. For of your increased earnings, will not the same percentage be yours to keep also? So very simple. He's saying you get to decide how much you save. But pay yourself first. Money comes in. Instead of paying the government first, if you have a 401k or retirement fund, you can literally actually pay yourself before the government. 
called pre-tax investing. It's what I do. Take a portion, put it in my 401k before the government takes their cut. It reduces your tax bill. It's great if you're a business owner, especially in America, because you could open up things like an individual 401k where you can put massive amounts of dollars into that pre-tax, cut out the government. It grows tax deferred, which is incredible. But you could pay yourself first before the government, before your mortgage, before your landlord, before any of your, your bills, debts, whatever. You should keep part of what you work for. You work hard every day. You're working on your business. Make sure that you're building wealth every single month, not just the good months, every single month. So the question for you is very simple. What percentage of your income are you going to set aside to invest and grow? I want you to make that decision today. If you aren't already saving money, whether you have a day job and you're getting into online business or you have your business and it's making money, I don't care how much it's making, what percentage of your income are you going to commit to setting aside and saving? What to save for? I got a couple of episodes on that. Business management for the small, uh, sorry, money management for the small business. You can look them up. But there's a few things you want to save for. You want to save for emergencies. You want to save for maybe a down payment on a house. And you want to save for uh, wealth building and retirement. And so there's there's different levels of what to save for. But start with committing to the percentage and peeling that percentage off. The great thing about percentages, especially if you work for yourself, is as your income goes up and down, and it's different every single month, mine is different every single month, your percentage is the decision you've already made. So you just calculate that percentage. So if 10% is what you're going to do, then you just look at what you made last month, 10%, put it aside. It's really, really simple. Or you could automate a fixed dollar amount, and then you can do percentages for bonuses or whatever you want to do, whatever feels right to you. The concept is make the decision ahead of time. What percentage of what you make are you going to keep for yourself for actual wealth building? And I've been doing this since day one. I never want to live under the assumption that things will always be the same, that my business or businesses will always be in existence, always be doing the revenue they're doing. It's it's hard not to think that way, um, that they're going to stay the same. I think when you you make $50,000, you think this is the new norm. When you make $100,000, you think this is the new norm. And once you get to that new norm, you assume without articulating it that it'll always be this way. And if it would ever were to change, it would only change upward. You would only make more. And I think that's natural. It's an optimistic bent, and I I appreciate the optimism in it. And while I am an optimist, I also want to take control of what I can take control of and know that anything could change at any moment. So it's wise to be building wealth outside of my business so that I have freedom and flexibility. And you know what happens, right? When your income goes up, most people just increase their expenses along with it. Oh, now I can drive a nicer car. Now I can live in a bigger house. And so you're really not ever building wealth. You're just maybe living a little more fancier of a lifestyle and getting to do some more fun things, which has its value, but you're never building wealth. You're just spending more as you earn more. Wisdom says, I'm going to always set aside a portion I'm going to spend more as I earn more and enjoy it. I have no shame in enjoying the wealth that I've been able to build through my business, but I'm always saving and I save first. You should too. Nugget one was a part of all you earn is yours to keep. Nugget number two, strong, definite desires precede accomplishment. I'll say that again. Strong, definite desires precede accomplishment. Here is... Classen, I'm going to quote him. General desires are but weak longings. 
For a man to wish to be rich is of little purpose. For a man to desire five pieces of gold is a tangible desire which he can press to fulfillment. After he has backed his desire for five pieces of gold with strength of purpose to secure it, next he can find similar ways to obtain 10 pieces, and then 20 pieces, and later 1,000 pieces, and behold, he has become wealthy. This is pretty basic. Again, basic doesn't mean people are doing it. But what George Klassen is saying here is just having a general hope. Oh, I would like to make money. I'd like to be wealthy. I'd like to have passive income. I'd like to do work I enjoy. I'd like to earn six figures. Those are fine, but they're general longings, and he would consider them weak. Starting with that general desire, it's okay. If that's all your desire is, I think that's okay. I think then the next step is to create a more definite, specific desire or goal and then chase after that. And I love sort of the pattern that George Klassen gives us in this quote. If you want to be rich, it's better to just say, I want five pieces of gold. And then once you've accomplished that, you will now know, okay, I got five. I figured out how to get five. I can get 10. I can get 20. I can get 1,000. It, it becomes like the momentum from accomplishment feeds the next accomplishment. So in, in my, my, my mastermind, the Epic Mastermind, there's some amazing entrepreneurs there, already super successful. But when you hear their goals, like what are you, what's your priority goal for 2021? When, when they say their goal, some of them were even sort of shocked to say like what their goals were this year when they say a specific amount of money. But it, it rolls off the tongue because they've already earned so much money before that to, to say they want to make $500,000 or a million dollars this year is not actually crazy because they've made 200,000 or 300,000. But to tell someone who's only ever made 30,000 a year that your goal could be half a million dollars a year, that just, there's no way to even wrap your head around that. I mean, and I'm talking from experience. I earned $15 an hour, which is the equivalent of $30,000 a year with a college degree out of college. Okay. That was my first big boy job that had benefits and working in an office in a big tech company, um, $30,000 a year. If you told me back in 2006, when I'm making $30,000 a year, that I'd be making over a million dollars a year and, and working from home and working way less than I ever worked before, um, I, I, I wouldn't even have been able to make that a goal because that just seemed so far-fetched, so far-fetched. And I think it would be. That's why I'm not a big fan of the whole big, hairy, audacious goal, the BHAG thing. I, I, I like the spirit behind it. As someone who's already accomplished some great things, I get the power behind it. But to talk to a regular person who's only made $15 an hour and say, you should have a massive, big, hairy, scary, audacious goal. You should earn a million dollars a year. That's very, it's very unhelpful to most people because they go, I do whatever, good luck. I don't even, that's, that's impossible. You have to strike it rich by the, winning the lottery or become an athlete, can't do it. But if you told that person who's making $30,000 a year, like what if you could make $60,000 a year in your business? Okay, 
I'd be double what I'm making now. What would I have to do in my business to earn $60,000 a year? Right? You can sort of see this, this process working. That's a bit of a stretch, but it's more doable than a million dollars a year. Once they've earned 60,000, what are they thinking? They're thinking 90, they're thinking 100, right? You're closer to it. Once they make $100,000 a year, they're thinking, whoa, could I do 150? Could I do 200? That's how it happens. And so it's these specific attainable goals that step you up. So if you wanna earn $10,000 a month, practically you, if you wanna earn 10K a month, that would be $120,000 a year. That'd be a nice six-figure income. That's an amazing goal. If $10,000 a month is your goal, why don't you start with $1,000 a month? If you've never started your online business, instead of shooting for 10,000, I'm gonna be making 10,000 a month this year. I never started my business. It's possible, I'm not saying it's impossible. Why don't you start for 1,000? Once you've gotten 1,000, you'll, you'll be shooting for 2,000. Once you've done 2,000 a month, you will be shooting for four or 5,000 a month. And you're gonna get there. But have strong, specific, definite desires. That's what precedes accomplishment because it fuels you to move a specific step instead of general, you know, hard to reach, indefinite, vague goals. So the question I have for you is, what specific goal do you have for your business during the next three to six months? It could be an income goal. Those are kind of obvious. It could be a growth goal. It could be a launch goal in terms of I want to launch this product or these number of products. What specific, definite goal do you have for your business in the next three to six months? I want you to think about that. That's nugget number two. Strong, definite desires precede accomplishment. And finally, nugget number three from the richest man in Babylon, men of action, men and women of action, are favored by the goddess of good luck. These are literally George's words. Men of action are favored by the goddess of good luck. What are we talking about here? Well, again, 100 years ago, this book was written as a parable taking place in ancient Babylon. So he uses a lot of language about the different gods or goddesses that they worshiped back then. So again, this is, this is sort of the context for this, this language. Here's, here's a direct quote. George Claston says, quote, good luck can be enticed by accepting opportunity. Those eager to grasp opportunities for their betterment do attract the interest of the good goddess of good luck. She is ever anxious to aid those who please her. Men of action please her best. Action will lead thee forward to the successes thou dost desire. So this is a great chapter about the goddess of good luck. And now there's this one character who's just complaining that he never gets a break. Like he's got bad luck, it never goes his way. And then the older, wiser character in the story is talking to him saying, eh, good luck comes to people who do stuff. <laughs> good luck, good luck, quote unquote, comes to people who take action, who take opportunities. It's not, it's not your fate, right? Luck is, I don't really actually believe in luck. And I, I think, I'm reading into George Claston's in between the lines here, I think that's what he's saying in this chapter is he doesn't believe in luck either. What we would call luck, catching a break, awesome opportunities tend to come to people who are constantly taking opportunities, constantly taking action forward towards a goal. What we never see, 
unless they reveal it in an interview, are all the non-successes of a successful person, right? There's the whole joke that it took, you know, Oprah or Dave Ramsey or any of these people 25 years to become an overnight success, right? By the time you're hearing about someone's success, it seems overnight to you or quick to you. You don't know the many years leading up to it, which is time and then all the things they tried that didn't work or the businesses that failed or the just even if it wasn't failing, it took so long to get the recognition or the real opportunity. But were those people sitting around waiting? Like, honestly, the most successful people you've ever heard of or met, were they just sitting around waiting for success to come? No. No, you know they weren't. They were taking action. So when I think about this quote, I think about how there's so much that is out of your control, out of my control, so much, right? So that's a reality that we all have to live with. I have no control over, you know, what YouTube or Google does for the algorithm to affect my traffic. Okay, fine. So what do we do with that? We control the things we can. Namely, your actions, yourself, your willingness to be an action taker, to be a doer, right? This is the line that I feel like we come to a lot when it comes to content consumption. And I'm a huge content consumer. We're talking about books. I crush books. Uh, I love listening to interviews. I'm not as much of a podcast guy as I'd like to be because I don't really have a commute. So I'm not really sitting in a car where a podcast makes sense, which is kind of ironic because I have a podcast myself. But going to conferences, listening to podcasts, crushing YouTube videos, crushing books, or listening to books on tape, taking everyone's online course. Dude, I love education. I sell it for a living. I'm a, I, education has changed my life all around the board in every area of my life. But you and I both know that if you and I just consume content and never do anything with it, our life doesn't change. Knowledge doesn't change our lives. It is action taken on some of that knowledge. That's the thing. You only need to act on 1% of what you learn to see dramatic growth in your life. So, if you can become an action taker and not someone who's just simply waits around for stuff to happen and say, well, I know all the things. I've watched Scram's workshop on passive income. I know everything. Well, first of all, you probably don't, but let's just assume you do. Let's give you the benefit of the doubt. Let's say you know everything about passive income, but you haven't actually launched your YouTube channel, your podcast. You haven't created any content or you don't create it consistently. You don't have a good lead magnet. You're not getting in front of other people and trying to get on other people's podcasts and connecting and networking. You're not building a course and failing and building another course. You're not emailing your list. I mean, literally, I have students sometimes who say, you know, I don't, my, I'm not making any money. I'm not, my courses aren't selling. And I ask, how often do you promote to your list? Ooh, once or twice a year. What if you promote it to your list every month? You might make more money. Just send more emails asking for money. It's really simple sometimes. Like if you don't take action, you won't get results. I think one of the things that has helped me and any of the success that I have had 
is there's been so little in my control. When I started, I had lost two jobs. I was in the middle of the recession in 2009, and I was on food stamps, and I had a baby and a mortgage, and I knew nothing about online business, and I was freaking out. And so I couldn't speed up the process. I didn't know what to do. So what did I do? I just did everything I could do. I took action. I created content three times a week. I was on Twitter sharing my content, connecting with people. I was helping people in the, the comments in YouTube. I was helping people that emailed me in. I was building courses. I built two or three courses that first year and, and they weren't that great. And then I built two or three the next year and two of them were really great. And I just kept building content and I kept launching stuff. And guess what? Eventually I started to make some money. I have been an action taker since 2009. I haven't stopped taking action. Now, I don't have to do as much. I don't spend as many hours in the office, but I haven't stopped taking action. I haven't let the foot off the gas in the sense that I'm like, okay, I built a business. Now I'm going to go chill for a year. I've, I've stepped the hours way back, but I still do the output that I know drives the business, which namely is content and emailing my list. And I've been rewarded. I'm not the smartest guy in my space. I'm not the most knowledgeable guy. I don't have the best marketing chops. I don't have the best technology. I don't have the best looking website or the best sales copy. I just don't stop taking action. And when I look at people that I am impressed with, who I think have accomplished great things, I see the exact same thing. They're different than me. They have a different style than me. But the thing I see that we have in common is they keep pumping out the content. They keep promoting to their list. They keep consistently, steadily plotting along. They take action. So should you. Luck, opportunities, fortune, catching a break, whatever you want to call it, tends to happen to people that are always taking action. I don't mean working all day long, every day. I don't mean hustling. I haven't worked more than 32 hours a week in my business ever. And now I'm, I'm between five and 10 hours a week for two businesses. I don't think that's really hard, but I'm still showing up every week, even the weeks where I don't feel like it. I'll be honest, I woke up this morning, I was talking to my wife, woke up kind of on the wrong side of the bed, just wasn't feeling it today. It's on my calendar to come in and shoot a couple pieces of content for you today. I love this show. I love making videos and podcasts for you, but today, wasn't feeling it. So like what I really wanted to do today, to be honest, is just watch YouTube videos. That's it. I, I, I don't feel like I had the energy to like present and I just wasn't feeling it. Some days I'm like loving it. I don't want to stop. Some days are like today I woke up and it's like, eh, not feeling it. But guess what? I'm here doing it. Why? Why am I here doing it? Because I have decided, and I decided this 12 years ago, that when I make a plan and a schedule, content rhythm, work hours, I will stick to it no matter how I feel. My feelings don't matter if I'm following the plan that I set when I was in my right mind that I know is fair, reasonable, and important to the growth of my business, which serves you and serves me and my family. So I'm here. I'm doing it. I never wake up and say, eh, how do I feel? Do I feel like doing work today? Recipe for failure, because then your business will only be as good as your feelings, as good as your moods, as good as your attitude, which means you might be great for a season and you might be bad for a season. I don't think that's a strategy. I think maturity and success in business comes from having the maturity to say, I know what I need to be doing every single week and I'm going to do that. 
And I'm actually not gonna do the stuff that I don't need to do. I'm just gonna do the stuff that I need to do no matter how I feel. And I think by doing that for over a decade, I've been given a lot of cool opportunities because I keep showing up. That, that resiliency is important. It doesn't take a lot of talent. It just takes showing up. So I'm, I'm with George Klassen when he says, men and women of action are favored by the goddess of good luck. Are you an action taker? What one action can you take this week that will begin moving you forward in the direction of your desires? The last nugget we talked about, what is your biggest desire or goal for the next three to six months? Well, what action can you take this week to move towards that goal or desire? Don't just consume this content. Be an action taker. Okay, those are my three golden nuggets from The Richest Man in Babylon. A part of all you earn is yours to keep. Strong, definite desires precede accomplishment, and men of action are favored by the goddess of good luck. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, I want you to leave me a comment below and let me know. Have you read The Richest Man in Babylon? Let me know. I'll cheer you on, and we'll be friends. Uh, and if so, what was your biggest takeaway from the book? And if you haven't, let me know if you're going to pick up a copy. It's super cheap. Um, and read it. Pick up a copy and read it. There's so much more in there. I couldn't even get to it. But those are just three that really have stuck out to me over the years. And if you want to take an action that will actually help you, like it helped my student, Jamie, who made $60,000 off of my free workshop, Take My Passive Income Workshop. Yes, Jamie's results are very atypical. He just got it done. But you know what he did? He took action on what he had access to. He didn't have a lot of money, so he wouldn't buy my course or join my membership or whatever. But you know what? He watched my passive income workshop. That's free 10 times. And he took action on it. And he made 60 grand, which is insane. Built a whole business that now he started. And you can too, because the principles inside this workshop are the foundation for both of my businesses, the foundation for Jamie's, the foundation for just about any good passive income business out there. It's absolutely free. It's all didactic, all good teaching. It's about 45 minutes of training, and uh, I want you to have access to it. So just go to grahamcochran.com slash workshop. We'll link to it below if you're watching on YouTube. It's, uh, it's worth your time, but only if you take action on it. Sound good? Awesome. Hey, thanks for hanging out today. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. And as always, thanks for your support and your interest. It means a ton that you care about this material. And uh, I'm glad this has been helpful to you. Otherwise, I wouldn't keep pumping it out. I'll see you on another episode real soon.